Sheriff's Office investigating a homicide. Breaking news in Lee County right now to start your Friday morning. A death investigation underway right now. Tonight, a new investigation into one of the most notorious unsolved murders. Homicide cases in Lee County are still unsolved. I'm Lee County Sheriff Carmine Marcino. The fact is, some homicide cases go unsolved or cold every single year. These victims have no justice, no justice. and their families have no closure. no closure. Here in Lee County, Florida, we use every resource available to solve these crimes, including this podcast. We will not tolerate those who committed these crimes to walk among us any longer. As sheriff, I promise to bring these criminals that committed these crimes to justice. I'll be opening these case files to you, the listener, with the hope that we will uncover a witness, fact, or evidence not previously reported. So please listen, and you just might hold a clue to help us close this case. This is Seeking Closure, Seeking Closure. Lee County's Cold Cases. The following takes place in the fall of 2013, where a young man with a bright future was brutally murdered in Lehigh Acres. Lee County Cold Case Number 133262299. Kyle Burtis, Homicide. Seeking Closure, Episode 3 Brutal with Burtis. The Green Wave, also known as Fort Myers High School, is one of the oldest schools in Lee County. The traditions within the school are as strong as its athletic program. In 2006, there was a standout senior on the Green Wave's cross-country team. That senior was named Kyle Burtis. Kyle was fast and had the stamina of a champion. He would win countless meets and be ready to accept his scholarship to Florida Atlantic University. He just said he just really enjoyed it because it cleared his head. He just felt free. Kyle Burtis was an excited and vibrant young child growing up in Lee County. Being free is a very happy thing. Every third birthday. Stories across the internet talk of him being gentle and determined. His own mother talked to how much potential he had after high school. Yeah, scholarship plus um, his bright future scholarship so it wasn't just athletic he was a smart young man too you graduated with honors kyle would leave the summer after his graduation for fau in boca raton florida but seven years later we wouldn't find kyle getting his masters or even running cross country anymore he was found dead in lehigh acres florida Lee County, Florida is a big county. It has countless smaller communities wrapped inside its beautiful landscape. Some areas are very dense in population, while other areas, like Lehigh, are more spread out. In August of 2013, the local power company, LCEC, was in Lehigh doing meter maintenance. We uh, connect meters, disconnect meters, set new meters. LCEC employee Glenn Brock was designated to work this area on August 15th. It was around 12.20 in the afternoon when he would miss his turn. I should have turned about two blocks this way, but I turned here on Meadow, thought the street I was looking for was down here on the right, saw I'd gone too far, 
actually turned into that cul-de-sac to turn around. Once he turned into the cul-de-sac, he would see something he would never forget. Saw I'd gone too far, actually turned into that cul-de-sac to turn around. Okay. And saw the buzzard. Next thought was it's a dead hog or a dead deer. You know, you see that out here. Okay. And I saw the leg and the tennis shoe, so I, at that point, I backed out, pulled up to this intersection, and called 911. But how did it get so bad for such a young prospect in life? While attending college in Boca Raton, Kyle would find work in an Italian restaurant. Uh, a restaurant called Campagnola. We believe this is when Kyle picked up bad habits, like gambling. He had some gambling issues over here, though, and he owed some people a lot of money. We further believe that this gambling addiction led to Kyle abusing drugs. And he got caught up in it, and I heard from somebody that he was injecting it, smoking it, so that's when I called his family. Kyle's newfound love for gambling and illicit drugs led to his grades starting to slip. Once, he told his mother that his phone was stolen. Then, his computer got stolen. He goes, I'm tired of my apartment being broken into because we had bought him a nice TV for Christmas one year. It was stolen. He said his computer was stolen. Whether that's true or not, we don't know. Sure. That's Kyle's mother, Lynette Crager. She was becoming very concerned for her son's safety. Things just happened to him, I guess, over in Boca Raton where he just started in on the Oxycontin. Or codone, I'm not sure which one. Kyle's fraternity brother and high school friend Spencer Eli would tell investigators about his interaction with Kyle. Uh, he was uh, hooked on blues. Did he ever talk to you about his drug addiction? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm uh, He was living in Boca, and I uh, found out about it. This was more than a year ago. He when he was living in uh, he was living in Delray uh, Delray Beach or Boynton. You know, I guess it was Delray Beach, just north of Boca. Um, and he got caught up in it, and so that's when I called his family, because I had nothing else to do. <laughs> and uh, his uncle and his grandfather came over, and we took him to Fort Myers, and uh, he got clean for like eight months, and then he just fell off again. When Kyle's mother became aware of the drug abuse... I don't know how it started, but it did start approximately five years ago, with the, and that was him telling me when he, he did want to get clean. She brought Kyle home to Fort Myers. So my parents took him in. And set him up in his grandparents' home, hoping to separate him from his current path. But the attempt to help Kyle was met with resistance. But did not want to abide by our rules, and so he just up and left. And when was that the your parents' home? January or February. He was asked he was to asked leave. He was asked to leave. He would fight with his grandparents consistently. He would eventually move out with the help of a friend he would find a room to rent. And I know he stayed with his grandparents for a while. He did some work for them, I think. Um, but something happened and they got sick of him as well and kicked him out. And that's when I said, hey dad, you know Kyle, he's looking for somewhere to stay. You have three empty bedrooms. So I hooked them up and Kyle resided in my old bedroom. For a very short time, Kyle Burtis was a functioning addict and would hold down a couple of jobs. These jobs weren't paying his bills, though. They were paying for his drugs. He had two jobs while he was there. He had one, and then he um, got fired, and then he got another one. And uh, 
you know, and when I found out it, you know, I had to talk with him. Well, I mean, he he couldn't pay the rent, and I was, hell, I, I was, he cost me more money than I, I probably paid for $150 worth of food for him. I was feeding him. In the end, it was the addiction that put Kyle in his grave. So you pull in, uh, you see the buzzers, and you see the feet, um, the shoes, the, and appear that appears to be a human body to you. Yes. No longer a hog or animal. Yes. Lee County Sheriff Deputy Leslie Green would arrive on the scene. Once there, they would discover the remains of a white male wearing black cargo shorts, gray athletic shoes, and a gray long sleeve shirt. The decedent's hands were tied behind his back and had several physical defects consisting with gunshot wounds to the head, torso, and right forearm. This investigation was just beginning. Deputy Green would notify the sergeant who would in turn notify Lee County's major crimes. Sergeant John Long, along with detectives and supervisors from major crimes would arrive on the scene. The weather was beginning to look bad on the afternoon of August 15th, so Sergeant Long would stop and pick up some tents from the forensic center and head to the scene. Once there, the scene was processed and cleared by 4.20 that afternoon. Sergeant Long and his team would escort the body to the Lee County Medical Examiner's Office. It was at this time, with the use of a fingerprint scanner, that they would identify the victim as Kyle Burtis, a white male born on May 17, 1988. But what happened to Kyle Burtis? The investigation was just getting started. The detectives needed to find out who Kyle Burtis even was. Shortly after Kyle would move out of his grandparents, then overstay his welcome with his new roommate he never paid rent to, he found a place to stay with his new friends in Pine Manor, Florida. Pine Manor is a subdivision of Fort Myers with a population of around 3,000. The combination of low housing costs and geographic location make Pine Manor a haven for drug dealers and drug addicts. And where did you guys used to, you guys used to go to the same house? 10th Street, the house Tenth, that the you house. guys, uh, I don't know if you know, I don't know the, ad, the exact address on it, but it's a 10th Street house, you guys know. 10th Street and what? 10th and Oak. Now is that near the house that he was living at? That is the house. Oh, that is the house yeah. he was living at, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he was living there? Mm -hmm. Was he dealing out of there also? No. His worsening drug addiction would lead him to stealing from family. Kyle had reportedly stolen two guns and countless amounts of jewelry from his own mother. Well, the two guns that we assume that he stole. We have a small gun collection that, you know, we have the gun cabinet that's locked and then he has a gun safe. But he always kept his 9mm in the drawer in the nightstand. Okay. He was getting something out of his nightstand here a couple on a Sunday morning. And he came out and asked me if I moved it or if I remembered because he had been on vacation and I had asked him to lock things up and I didn't know if he had locked it up or not. And then he went into his closet and we had he had a 44 Magnum in a box and that was missing too. Okay. His mother had gotten to the point of leaving a piece of jewelry out to see if he had broken back into her home. But I had a jewelry sitting out on my dresser. Mm -hmm. I basically, I kept, it was a bait. I had a certain necklace. I didn't really want to have to lose it, but I kept it there, and I just, every day I would go by and see that it was still there. In June of 2013, 
Kyle was arrested for petty theft second degree, not related to the thefts in his mother's home. He was arraigned, and his bond was set at $750. He had no one he could call except his mother to ask for the bond. She denied him, and this would be the last time Kyle's mother would ever hear his voice again. Global Telling. This call may be recorded or monitored. I have a collect call from uh, an inmate at Lee County Jail. Thank you. Hello. Hey, Mom. Hey. What's up? Nothing. So, what happened? I. I mean, I know it's for petty theft. I okay. I would find a find a receipt outside in the parking lot, and I'd go in and get grab that item or a couple items on the receipt and return them to get cash back. Anyways, um, I talked to a bailiff's bondsman and they said, I only need $100 to get out. I'm starving. People are taking my food. Like, I can't stay in here until the 9th of July. Okay, now are you allowed to call every day? Yeah. But I'm I'm saying if the, if the bailiff's bond, if I give the bail bondsman someone's number that that I know and they can vouch that I can come back and pay them then because it's only a hundred dollars to get me out um, let me just say it's just gonna have to be another day for drug addicts getting the money for your next fix can come from anywhere and when addicts are in search of their fix they find others who are in the same situation, other drug addicts. For Kyle, these drug addicts were Tatiana Martinez and Jesus Chuchu Torres. Chuchu started out as Kyle's dealer and helped run a trap house on 10th and Oak in Pine Manor. Remember that address. We'll circle back to it a few times during this story. A trap house is a home held by drug dealers and used to distribute their product. Pine Manor is home to more than one trap house and we later find out one organization runs a few of them. The Trap House at 10th and Oak had a barrage of people working and living there. There was Bebe, a Puerto Rican whose real name is Luis Santiago, and there was Bebu, the younger brother of Luis, whose name is Carlos Santiago. Um, the house on 10th Street was a trap house. Um, there was two other guys living there, it was Bebe and Bebo. Um, they all, all three of them lived there together, they took shifts. Tatiana Martinez was the girlfriend of Jesus Chuchu Torres, which is why we find her in Pine Manor. She told investigators that after the drug raid by Lee County Sheriff's Office Narcotics Unit, that Bebe Luis Santiago would move out of the trap house because it was quote unquote, too hot. I ended up going there probably June, mid-June and staying there with them because I didn't have any place to go. The guys started moving out little by little. First, Bebe moved out. Why did Bebe move out? Because um, the house got raided, and he has kids, and he just felt like the house the house was getting too hot. So he ended up leaving first. Then Bebo, he was coming on and off, not as much. The ones that stayed there permanently pretty much were um, me and Choo Choo. And Choo Choo let Kyle live with us because Kyle was homeless. So... First, he would just come over, spend the night every once in a while, and you know he let him eat and shower and stuff there. And then he just told him once the other guys left, um, he let him stay. His younger brother Carlos would follow suit and exit the trap house. 
This exiting of the underbosses left Choo Choo in charge. Choo Choo had one problem being a trap house boss. He was also an addict. You know, the last few packages that, that Choo Choo had been selling for them, he kept coming up short in the very last bundle that he had. He didn't have the money at all to pay for it. So, user. I mean, he wasn't using, I guess, when he first came down. And then he's had, I guess, a problem for five years on and off. So when he came down, he was clean and then started using again with it, having it around him. The trio of Choo Choo, Tatiana and Kyle would attempt to continue the trap house operation. Kyle became the errand boy. He would basically do, you know, just little odds and ends, stupid favors, like ride down to 7-Eleven and get a pack of cigarettes for the drug dealers or whatever, and they'd throw him, you know, his, his fix to get high for free because okay. he had no money. When he wasn't out running errands, he was out boosting cars to get items to sell to drug dealers. He, he, he would ride his bike around sort of remote kind of areas and uh, look for cars that were unlocked and jump in the cars, take their valuables if they had any, things like that. And then the following day, obviously, pawn them into the drug dealers or whatever it was. I know that. Boosting cars is the process of checking unlocked doors and taking any items of value. That's why Lee County Sheriff Carmine Marcino says lock your cars every night. Boosting cars and committing petty thefts is what addicts call working. And working for their fix is what this trio was doing daily. But the, the twist with Choo Choo is... He was a dealer, heroin dealer, mm -hmm. was also a heroin addict as well. How much was he using? Quite a bit. And I know for the past two months, he was coming up short on the packs. How much? If he was supposed to give back a thousand, he was probably coming up with 300, 400. So he was coming, he was using a lot of it. Kyle's family never gave up hope to find Kyle and getting him into rehab. Kyle's uncle is Darren Robinson, and he would spend hours every day trying to find him. I've been looking for Kyle ever since he was in jail. The day he got released from jail, I went looking for him. Driving through Pine Manor and talking to anyone he could just to locate his nephew. I looked several days in a row, and I ended up at the 7-Eleven. He, he told me that he had been staying in a tent out in the woods, out behind Misty Gardens. So I went out and I found that. I actually found the tent he was staying in. Um, and then I, I started looking around for where, you know, who might have seen him or who, you know. His tireless dedication would lead him to meeting a 7-Eleven clerk who told him how to find Kyle. My thought was, you know, 7-Eleven. And when I got to it, the, the person there recognized the picture and said, oh yeah, I know him, he comes in here all the time. And so she tried to convince him to call us. Uh, and he wouldn't do it. So she tried, she called me. So I went down there that evening and uh, talked to her, and she said, "We well, see that guy out there at the other corner. I said, yeah. She said, he knows Kyle. I said, really? She said, yeah, he, they were talking, but he knows Kyle. So I went out and I talked to this guy, and he's the one who told me where he was. Well, he didn't tell me. I paid him 20 bucks. Uh, I paid him 20 bucks to show me where he was. Darren met a guy, spoke to him for about 30 minutes, who helped him find right where Kyle was that night. But he would wait and come back when the time was right. Upon his return, Darren found Kyle and would have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with him. Just right at about uh, two and a half, three weeks ago, um, I was driving through there one evening, about six in, six in the evening. Are you familiar with the report with the, the stolen weapons? Yes, the Cape Coral report. Yeah, that, that happened, I believe, on a Thursday or Friday. I saw him the next Tuesday or Wednesday. Because it had just happened. And I actually confronted him about it. And I said, look, I said, we know, we know you stole these weapons. And uh, so I talked to him and I begged him. 
you know, I pleaded with him to, to get out of get out of the neighborhood. I offered him help. I said, we'll, "We'll find you help. We'll figure out where you can go. You know, just just get out of here." He told me that uh, I told him I knew where he lived. He asked me how. I told him, you know, the person who showed me, and I said, "I've known for a couple of weeks where you were." And I said, "But I wasn't going to come barging into your your apartment." He said, "That wouldn't be good." I said, "Kyle, I'm not afraid." He said, "I know you're not, but it wouldn't be good for me." He said, trust me, just you sitting here talking to me right now, he says, there's eyes all over the neighborhood, and there's people who are watching. And I looked around, and there really were. I mean, the fact that I was sitting there at dusk, and there were some people on the duplex on the left who knew Kyle. Uh, in fact, a girl came out, and she said, Kyle, are you okay? And he said, yeah, it's just my uncle. So there was, like, a lot of activity about the fact that I was sitting there talking to them in the van. And he told me, he says, they probably think you're you're a cop or something, an undercover cop. He said they would, he said there's already a trust issue and there's, all, there's already an issue, they already have a lot of trust issues with everyone. And he said that would put me in a real negative position. Um, so he was scared about that. And I said, look, I said, just ride your bike out of the neighborhood, you know, ride down on the Summerland somewhere. I'll pick you up, we'll go, we'll go, you know, I'll buy you dinner or something. We'll just sit and talk a little bit. And he said, well, I have some things I gotta do first. So he was, he was toting his backpack and riding his bike. But he said he had some speakers and he had gotten them somewhere and he was going to sell them or something. He said, I gotta go. And I said, well, no. And he, he seemed like he needed to get back over to the apartment. Maybe they were expecting him or something. And, uh, um, so that's the last I saw him. He, he, he said, I'll call you tomorrow. So I just didn't think about it tonight. I'll call you tomorrow. Darren had hopes after the conversation that Kyle would call the next day. I said, are you sure you, you, know, you remember, remember my number? And he rattled off my cell phone number. And I said, okay. For the next few days, Darren would continue to look for Kyle. He didn't call me. I went through the neighborhood. But never locate him again. The situation at 10th and Oak had become more of a permanent home to Choo Choo Torres and Tatiana Martinez. Choo Choo was still running the operation. Tatiana was still his girlfriend, and together they were using large amounts of heroin. This would lead to Choo Choo's money returned to Baybo being short, a sign that a dealer is becoming a user. When the bundles started, when Choo Choo couldn't pay for the bundles and stuff and was coming up short, the last bundle he didn't have the money, he decided he wanted to rob Lewis's house because Lewis kept the bundles at his house and picked up the money and kept that at his house. So Choo Choo had a plan. His plan, let's rob the underboss, Luis Santiago. They scouted Luis Bebe Santiago's home and Choo Choo's plan to robbing Bebe's house seemed like it could work. So Choo Choo and Kyle ended up going out there and robbing the house. Um, they came back, they had money, and... <clears throat> Choo-Choo and Kyle went out there? Yes. So their plan went into motion. And just over a week before Kyle's death, under the cover of darkness, the trio stole $3,000 and 400 bags of heroin from one of the biggest drug dealers in Lee County. How um, much was stolen from... It was about um, $3,000 and maybe four bundles of 100 bags of heroin each. The trio would immediately take half of the money they had stolen to pay off their debt to Luis Bebe Santiago. Um, they went out there, robbed his house, and when they came back, um, Choo Choo called Luis and said, Hey, you know, I have the $900 I owe you. So he decided to pay him with the money with he money stole he from just him. Stole out of his house. Yeah. 
there was one problem. Um, we checked the bills just to make sure they weren't marked or anything, and we couldn't find any markings. But um, apparently, about an hour and a half later, I think Bebo, which is Louis's brother, called Choo Choo and was like, "You know, you paid my brother with money that we specifically mark in a certain way. You know, like we're coming to get your ass." So the bills were marked, and Bebe knew Choo Choo, Tatiana, and Kyle were the ones who broke into his home and stole the drugs and money. From that point, we um, packed up all our shit and just went to a hotel. The trio went to living in hotels for shelter to living in them on the run from Santiago. The plot of this story thickens as Luis Santiago's home wasn't the first one robbed. The big boss's house was robbed for over $20,000 days before the Santiago robbery. Um, so pretty much since they knew that Choo Choo stole you know, went and robbed um, Lewis's house. They assumed that he also robbed the twenty thousand dollars. So that's why they were after us because they thought we had the twenty thousand. The trio of Choo Choo, Tatiana, and Kyle were now being blamed for both robberies. Even though Tatiana says they had nothing to do with the first robbery. Well, since the guys wanted to come and kill us over twenty thousand dollars. Choo Choo knew that um, he had about $100,000 more in his house, so he decided, uh, somebody told him. So pretty much he felt like if they want to kill us over $20,000, you know, that we didn't steal, then we might as well give them a reason to want to kill us, so we should go over there and steal the $100,000. I mean, we never made it, we never got to. How far did you get? Um, we scoped out the house. He, I went with him once, and then another time he went, I think, by himself. with Somebody drove him, I don't know who. Where was Kyle? Kyle stayed at the house on 10th Street, so okay. I went with so him. So what did you find the two times that you guys scoped the house? Um, I only went the one time, but the time that we went, um, there was cars at both houses, more cars than usual. What both houses? Um, Louis's house and Danny's house. You're going to hit Louis's house again? Yeah, Chuchu wanted to hit Louis's house again. Okay. Um, there was more cars than usual at Louis and Danny's house, so we just left and that was that. The houses never got robbed again or broken into again. Since the robbery, Tatiana believed that Luis Bebe Santiago wasn't worried about their takings and more worried about protecting them from the big boss. They weren't very upset because that was just small chump change, I guess, for How them. much was stolen from It was about um, $3,000 and maybe four bundles of 100 bags of heroin each. And that didn't upset them? Um, I mean, they were upset that the house was broken into, but... Like, to them, that was small chump change compared to what, you know, usually what he has. They would eventually run out of money and drugs and return to the trap house at 10th and Oak. The plan? To hide in plain sight. So I, I forget. Why did you go back to 10th Street when these guys were looking for you? We ran out of money. their trap house, right? Yeah, we ran out of money. Did you think much. that was a bad place to go? Well, yeah. So why go back there? It seemed that would be the easiest place to find you. You know, Kyle was homeless. He could have left with his family. I advised him to a few times, and he didn't want to. Choo Choo had absolutely nobody out here. He has no family, no friends. He barely speaks English. And since I had a romantic relationship with him, I figured I would stay with him until he was safely somewhere gone. I remember once the money ran out and we were back on 10th Street, you know, Choo Choo was getting desperate, and um, he wanted to rob the old man. He said the old man had about $1,000. So he asked me to you know, find someone to go ahead and do the robbery with him. I told Choo Choo also that not to do that robbery because I really liked the old man. Um, Did he do it? 
supposedly the day before he left from what the old man said on Thursday morning when I saw him the old man said that Choo Choo had came in during the night around two in the morning and went over there and took a thousand well not a thousand but took money from him so just walked up and took it yeah knocked on the door and pretty much pushed the old man to the side and took his stuff and left Choo Choo did that yes On the night of August 14th, Tatiana had a phone call with Luis Santiago. I called him. Um, he asked me what I was doing. I said nothing. You know, I asked him if he had spoken to Choo Choo yet or anything or knew any of his whereabouts or anything. He said no. Um, Why did you ask him that? Because I hadn't seen Choo Choo and, you know, him and Choo Choo seemed like they were on good terms and okay. he was helping Choo Choo out. So he said no. Um, I told him I was mad at Choo Choo because Choo Choo had left and he left me and Kyle both sick and stuff. And um, he told me, you know, well, if you can get a ride up here, you know, I can help you out. I told him I can't get a ride. You know, will you come down here and pick me up? He said no, I'm not going down there. Basically, he just asked me where I was staying. I told him, well, I'm here on 10th Street, you know, with Kyle. We're going to figure out what we're going to do tomorrow. He said, okay. Um, asked me again if I can get a ride up there. I told him I couldn't get a ride. So I told him, well, I'm going to take a shower and stuff. I'll call you back. And I never called him back. So you volunteered that Kyle was there? Yes. He didn't ask you where Kyle was? No. Luis asked Tatiana to leave the trap house and come and see him in Lehigh. We believe she had a sexual relationship with Luis. But was that the reason he wanted her to come to his house? Later that night, Choo Choo would return to the trap house, run in and ask where Kyle was. He just knocked on the door. I opened it. Um, he walked in. I was surprised to see him. He said, where's Kyle? He said, I don't know, out doing his night stuff. And that was it. There was no more conversation at all. I went to the room. I figured maybe he would come in and follow me and try to talk to me, but he, he didn't. He just left again. Choo Choo left, and according to a witness, went to a guy they call the old man's house. The old man said Choo Choo came in and strong-armed him for $80. Once Jesus Choo Choo Torres had his money in hand, he left in a taxi and headed for the airport. A few hours later, Tatiana Martinez went to the old man's house and found out that Choo Choo was there, had left, and was heading for the airport. After multiple attempts to contact Choo Choo and checking to see if Kyle had been arrested, which he hadn't, she realized it was time for her to exit Southwest Florida as well, and with the help of a family member, buy a ticket to Puerto Rico. Tatiana would then pack her things and head off to the Greyhound bus station to catch a ride to the airport. But there were no buses leaving that night. For a couple of reasons, Tatiana was unable to make it to the airport. One of those reasons being the fact that she was intercepted by the Lee County Sheriff's Office. Most of the clips we've heard from Tatiana have been while she was in custody. How did you know that your life was in danger? Because Choo Choo told us. Choo Choo told you. How did he know? Who told him? When Lewis called him, or Bebo or Lewis, one of them called him and told him, you know, we know you stole the money. And what did they say? We're going to come after you. And come after you and do what? And kill you. They said that? That's what, from what Choo Choo's words. Where did Jesus Choo Choo Torres go? Why did he leave in such a hurry? Why was Tatiana trying to leave now? Did they know what happened to Kyle before anyone else did? Did he boost the wrong car? One of his drug buddies thought maybe that's what happened. But again, I mean, I told you, he was late at night. He was going in, in and out of cars and shit like that. So I don't know if maybe the wrong person followed him, saw him on his bicycle, blasted him. I don't, I don't know what happened. 
Rumors say he was picked up by the boss and killed for his part in the robbery. But the question still remains unanswered to this day. Where did Kyle go when Tatiana was in the shower? How did Kyle end up shot and killed in Lehigh? So many questions to answer, but the biggest, who killed Kyle Burtis? If you or someone you know may have information leading to the arrest and the death of Kyle Burtis, please call the Lee County Sheriff's Office Major Crimes Unit at 239-477-1000 or call Southwest Florida Crime Stoppers at 1-800-780-TIPS. That's 1-800-780-8477. You can remain anonymous and you may receive a cash reward. The family of Kyle Burtis deserves justice and we are seeking closure on this case. Thank you for listening. You might just know something or someone who knows more about this crime. You could be the one person who gets justice for Kyle Burtist. I'm your host, Jason Jones. Good night, God bless, and you stay safely, County.